Good morning. I want to welcome you to First Baptist Sandy Springs. This is the day the Lord has made. He made it for you and he made it for me and he made it for us to enjoy. Also, this is a day we gather together to worship him together. So let's stand at this time and let's worship the Lord.
love of Jesus when we all get to heaven. What a wonderful day that's going to be. This is number 314 in the hymn book. Number 514. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. 
glad you're with us today. If you're visiting with us, there's a connect card. If you'd like to fill that out and would like us to contact you, please do that. Uh, that's in the pew. It's in the foyer. It's in the welcome center. We would love for you to do that. Uh, in your bulletin, you see announcements. One is about uh, vacation Bible school. We're trying to keep you informed of VBS every, every week as we pray for that coming around the corner. We would encourage you to, Sharice, um, can, can folks come tomorrow night? They're going to be addressing labels and press. So earlier in announcements, I was telling you that uh, financial peace, we finish our last class um, tomorrow night. And we'll do it again for those of you that are interested. It's, if you can go to DaveRamsey.com, you can find out what it is. It just kind of helps you, no matter how much you make or how much you don't make, tell you where to tell it to go and how to live on a budget is what it is. But one of the classes was... Uh, telling you to make a will. And I've already done that. We need to change ours because names have changed with our daughter getting married. And wanted to make sure you have life insurance in place. And don't worry, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but I redid mine. Mine was a term and it ran out, so I had to do another one. So a nurse comes to the house and does an EKG on me and they take all my blood and bring some of it back and give it back to me. And I'm exaggerating there, but it seemed like it was a lot. And so I'm going through all of these questions and how old was your mother? And when, how are your parents still living? No. How old was, were they when they died? Well, my mother was 47. My dad was 61. And the nurse looked at me and said, how old are you? I'm 59. And so she's thinking, well, <laughs> how much longer do you have? And so it starts the, the process of thinking about how much longer do you have? And one of my big questions, and I'm ready, and that's what we're going to talk about today, but one of my big questions is, what do I want on my tombstone? I don't think I want to leave it to Jeannie's mercy to put whatever she wants to on there. I think I want to figure out, you know, I could put great husband. I don't know if she'd put that, but I could put that on there and maybe have it made ahead of time. But I, I got online to start to look at some tombstones, and I found some ideas. Uh, I'd rather be at the mall. I, I don't think that's, I, I think Isabel was a shopper. I like this one. Raised four daughters, beautiful daughters with only one bathroom, and still there was love. That's a loving father right there. Remember Mel Blank? That's all, folks. He did Porky Pig, and that's on his. Not bad, not bad, kind of like it. This one's a good one, a time one. Remember those, you get those threats, you better forward this email or this text. If this person evidently didn't do it, quit sending me those, by the way. All right, Merv Griffin, they'll talk show host. I will not be right back after this message. I hope that's not real. I really hope that one's not real. So 
I'm going to tell you in a little bit what I think I want on mine. So today we're going to look at what the Bible says about death and life after death. It's my prayer that we'll be comforted, um, all of us that have had loved ones that have already passed on. And I also pray that these words will prepare us for when that day comes. Before we look at what God says about all this, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time and busy, hectic lives to stop and to just hear from you. We pray that's what happens today, that the spirit that wrote, inspired men to write these words will inspire us as we hear them. And Father, that you would comfort us if we're anxious and that you would prepare us if we don't know. Father, it's our prayer that all of us in this room know Jesus and because of that, we'll be fine. That should be our biggest prayer today, that we all know you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the statistics are really impressive. One out of one people die. That's pretty good odds. Now, there are exceptions. If you're a Bible scholar, yes, I understand. Remember the two exceptions in the Old Testament? Enoch and Elijah. So those were the two exceptions. But the rest of us better be prepared. Ecclesiastes, you know this when you hear this at funeral. Ecclesiastes 3 puts it like this. For everything, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. Hebrews 9.27 puts it this way. It is appointed for mortals to die once and after that, the judgment. So we die and we all know that. And I guess one of the questions would be why? Why, did, why do we have an expiration date on us? Why do we die? Why don't we live here forever? Well, you know that was the original plan, don't you? God designed a paradise, a beautiful garden. Genesis 3 tells us about that. And I want to read to you parts of that story. Uh, well, I'm just, Jeannie, I'm going to skip all the way to the end of the story to verse 19. This is a story about God catching Adam and Eve in their sin and telling them what would happen as a result of their sin. There'd be chain and pain in childbirth and there would be weeds in the ground and things that weren't so until that time. But verse 19, God says, by the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread until you return to the ground for out of it you were taken. You are dust and to dust you shall return. So scripture is clear. Death was not part of God's original plan. The sin of man caused death. And that's what the New Testament says in Romans 6, 23. For the wages, the payment for sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. I'm interested in that in Christ Jesus our Lord. We'll talk more about that. So this was not God's fault. It was Adam and Eve's. When you get to heaven, do you, anybody besides me want to corner Adam and Eve? I really want to have a talk with them. I want to just let them have a piece of my mind. Uh, and it's, it's not God's fault, but God gets the blame. Death is the fault of sinful man. But scripture tells us something really interesting, that God doesn't like it. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, it says this, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. It's an enemy to God. God creates life and death came because of sin. And the last one to be conquered 
will be death. Let me put it into context in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 21. Since death came through a human being, Adam, Eve, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being, Jesus. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ, if you're a believer. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. And then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, and he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And here's the list of them, but the biggest one, it says, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. In that, we see some hope. Yes, we die, but Jesus can make us alive. As in Adam, as in man, all die. As in Jesus, we can be made alive. Paul was so excited about dying. Look what he wrote in Philippians 1, 21 through 24. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. That's not a misprint. Dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to, to depart and be with Christ, for that's far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. The reason Paul needed to stay and was willing to stay is because he had to help people find the way to eternal life. Now, today I've chosen to focus on the death of Christians. Because it's good news, it's great news, it's the best news for believers. But I'd be leading everyone astray if I indicated that everyone that dies goes to heaven. That's not true. The Bible clearly teaches there is a hell and we have to make a choice and hell is for wrong believers. A friend of mine and I have talked before, if you notice on the news sometimes when somebody in Hollywood dies, everybody says, you know, they're an angel in heaven. Have you ever noticed that? They're an angel. It doesn't matter what kind of life they live, they're an angel in heaven now. So, you know, there's a couple of options. Make sure you die in Hollywood where everybody goes to heaven or have good theology to know that they're deceived. And we have to be on the right side. But today the focus is on the reward for believers. One big question that's asked is when do we get to heaven? I'm not going to give you a date, by the way. Don't worry about that. Uh, remember what Jesus said to the thief on the cross? The one right next to him who believed and accepted? Remember what he said? Before we put the words up, they're the words up anyway. That's all right. <laughs> remember the time frame the man said? Today. Right after this, today, you will be with me in paradise. The thief that was on the cross repented and was in heaven the same day. Earlier, we saw these words from Paul in Philippians 1.23 when he said, I'm hard-pressed between the two, this life and the next. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that's far better. So Paul said there's one or the other. It's either here for him or it's there. Nowhere in between, nothing in between. It's clear that immediately after death comes reward for the believer. I believe that Scripture teaches us for the believer, our last breath on earth is our first breath in heaven. It is that fast. I know there are several books and several movies 
about heaven and people going there and coming back. Have you ever read one of those, seen one of those movies? Not too long ago, one of them came out and admitted it was a hoax and they made everything up. I've never really read those. I've never really gone there because I want to be careful to make sure I believe, I build my theology on God's word, not on some book written by some person. I want to make sure that my theology about heaven comes from God's word. So what about our bodies? When do they go to heaven? Or do they? Because we see them, we go to the funeral home, we see them, we have a casket, we have a grave, we, we watch all of that part, we put them in the ground. What happens to that? Well, Scripture teaches death has two stages. One is the separation of the body and the spirit. We die and our spirit, our soul immediately goes to heaven and right now we are there. But as we can see, those of us left behind, there's the body. The body will have another day. The second stage of this, Scripture teaches that our bodies, our literal bodies, will be resurrected at the second coming of Jesus Christ. We'll get them back. You ever seen a store that has brown paper over the windows? Because they're remodeling inside and they're changing. It's kind of what is happening to us. There's some brown paper put over us while the remodeling process is going on. And you know what I think I want on my tombstone? Closed for remodeling. Isn't that good? Closed for remodeling. I think that's perfect. Let me show you the scripture that teaches about the new body. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, the second coming when Jesus returns, we will no, by no means precede those who have died. We won't get in the front of the line. Look what it says. The Lord himself with a cry of command, verse 16, with the archangel's call and with the sound of God's trumpet will descend from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise first. With your imagination, can you imagine a non-believer who's not going to be raptured at that time standing in a cemetery watching Christian people pop out of their graves? It's going to happen. Verse 17, then we who are alive, who are left believers, we will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we'll be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. It's encouraging. Every funeral I do of a Christian believer, when we leave a graveside, I remind them that is not a final resting place. It's just some borrowed real estate for a while. You're not going to need it forever. I've had people ask, by the way, is it okay to be cremated? Because if my body's going to be used again, what if I'm cremated? I'm going to be cremated I trust God he made me the first time. He can make me again the second time. I'm not worried about it. But I am looking forward to a reunion because I've gone to too many funerals. Have you gone to too many funerals? I've gone to too many. 
I've seen too much. But there is hope, and that's what Scripture teaches. We will raise from the grave. So what kind of new body are we getting? That'll be interesting. Is it, are we going to look like this? Philippians 3.21. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. You're about to have a glorious body when that happens. Like his own. Have you used your imagination to figure out what his is like? It's hard to fathom, isn't it? It's going to be that wonderful. I'm not sure what they will be like, but I know they will be much better than the ones we have now. We learn a bit more in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 15, beginning at verse 35, we see this. Someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What what kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one for humans, for animals, birds, another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of earthly bodies. The sun has a glory, while the moon and stars have another kind, and even the stars differ from each other in their glory. Scripture says this down in verse 42. It's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, they'll be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, they'll be raised in strength. If you are here and you're grieving over the death of a loved one, don't remember what they were. Remember what they will be. I love verse 43. Buried in brokenness, raised in glory. Buried in weakness, raised in strength. They're buried as natural human bodies, verse 44, but they'll be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as they're natural bodies, they're also spiritual bodies, tangible, something you can grab, something you can touch. Something you can hug. Are you looking forward to hugging somebody in heaven? You will. Let's skip to verse 50 of 1 Corinthians 15. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We'll not all die. We will all be transformed It will happen in the moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And those who are living will also be transformed. So if you're alive at the rapture, you'll get a different glorified body too. Because these decaying ones can't inherit the kingdom. Our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, death, where's your sting? It's gone because you're connected to Jesus. Our bodies 
are, as you well know, temporary. And the older we get, the more you know that. In 2 Corinthians, they're compared to a tent. 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that when, not if, when this earthly tent we live in is destroyed or taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not with human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. Is that true? You grow weary in your present body? Absolutely. The older we get, the more we know about that. We get weary. I started noticing now when I get up out of a chair, I make the old man noise. <clears throat> when I get up, at, when I turn this, Jeannie's making fun of me. Now we're driving something, I'm turning the steering wheel and I'm grunting and groaning and I have power steering. I don't know why I'm doing that. Maybe I'm getting weary. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies, believers. We will not be spirits without bodies. Again, something to touch, to hold, to feel, to hug. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. Don't we though? But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. It's better there than here. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he's given us his Holy Spirit who can speak to us right now and let us know they're okay, your loved ones that have gone. And you're going to be okay too. And I love it. All of these scriptures sound to me like a caterpillar to a butterfly transformation, doesn't it to you? From a seed to a plant, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Maybe the best illustration I have is this. Our daughter and son-in-law will have a baby this month. Uh, she was in the hospital with uh, contractions this past week, and so the countdown clock is on, and it's right around the corner, and I can't wait to meet her that baby will leave a womb and come into this world from darkness to Northside Hospital like that. From a very small, small area to live in for the last nine months almost to this. What a change. I am willing to wager that it is a greater change when we live this world and go to the next. Because Northside Hospital isn't perfect. And where they take the baby home to and coming, forgive my friends and coming, it isn't perfect. And wherever that baby goes for the rest of her days, it won't be perfect. But we as believers, one day, will go to a place that is perfect. And I so look forward to that. So if you're afraid of it, be comforted with God's word. You've been told the truth today. What you need to do with it is make sure that you're prepared and that you believe. 
For the Christian, death is a graduation, a graduation to something much, much better. So hopefully today you're informed. Hopefully today you're prepared. And hopefully today you are thankful. Oh, death, where is your sting? It doesn't. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth in your word. And Father, on even such a subject that some don't even want to talk about, you can excite us because it's going to get better. Lord, we don't know when you will call us home, but all of us know people that have gone. And maybe we're still grieving, and that's normal and that's natural. But Father, they're not. The believers that have gone on to be with you are celebrating while their bodies are closed for remodeling Their spirits are present with you. And Father, those graves will open up. And Father, on that day, it is our prayer that all of us know you. Father, again, thank you for this group. I ask your blessings on their week, on their days ahead. Father, that you would just bless them with closeness. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. God bless you as you're prepared.